Welcome, sports fans, to the Shoot Your Thought podcast with your hosts, Josh Sanger and Neil Rampersod. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Shoot Your Thought podcast. Almost at 25, almost at a quarter of a century. We're on that Kobe episode today. We're on the Kobe episode, literally. Yeah. Welcome to Shoot Your Thoughts. We got a fun show for you guys today. We're going to talk our losers of the week, which we haven't done in a while. We're going to talk the NBA, the playoffs, and some crazy game sevens. We're going to talk um, some interesting news from uh, the Las Vegas Raiders of the NFL and one of their players making a big change, making a big splash. And then we're going to talk about MLB and some controversy that's happening there. So, uh, Neil, how are you? I didn't ask. I'm good, Josh. You know, I'm just excited to be here, excited to talk about our topics today and Let's uh, get the show on the road. Yeah, I feel like we have to do something special for episode 25. I feel like like episode 25 has got to be a big milestone. One. Milestone. Yeah, we'll we'll have something planned. We'll, we'll get back to you guys. But episode 24 is underway right now. So let's get started with losers of the week. Loser. All right, Neil, do you want to start us off? Yeah, I guess I'll take it away here. You look so excited to talk about this loser of the week. Excited but disappointed I'm at the same so time. I'm so excited to hear who you have to say, but you, My you loser. are smiling from ear to ear right now. My losers of the week losers. are the Toronto Blue Jays' bullpen. Oh, man. Is, like, there is no bigger loser right now than that bullpen. And reason I'm saying that is... They have just been horrendous over the month of June and and for the latter half of May as well. Now, don't get me wrong. like The Blue Jays have had injuries pile up. Injuries have mounted. The late-game struggles have snowballed, though, in the last couple weeks. And that, what's that, what does that result in? A lot of heartbreaking defeats. And yeah, being up for most of the game and then losing it. Yeah, the like... Yeah. Especially with this ridiculous, historic offense that we have, our starting pitching for the Blue Jays is, you know, putting together some great games only to see, and like, first of all, like, we don't have a great starting rotation. No, we don't, but it's getting there. Only to see uh, us hand over the ball to a Rafael Dolis or, you know, um, a Chatwood. A, a Chatwood or like some no name player from the minor leagues only to lose a game. And like these losses are starting to pile up. The Jays continue to fall in the standings, kind of fall further and further away from that last wildcard play in spot to uh, the, the playoffs. And if they can manage to get healthy and I'm talking, I'm just going to give you a list of names here, Josh. Okay. Kirby Yates, David Phelps, Ryan Barucki, Raphael Dolis, Julian Merriweather, all injured. Yeah, seriously. You know what I mean? Nate Pearson just uh, announces it's going on the IL as well. Nate Pearson's been trash in the minor leagues this year, too. He can't even pitch out of the fourth inning. Like, he's yeah. he's eventually going to turn it around. But, you know, we have some young guys on the, on the way up. We're already seeing great things uh, from Manoa in the big leagues, um, who actually got suspended for five games. He did, yeah, which was kind of stupid. It was really – like, that's a – a heavy suspension for something that most pitchers do anyways. Like he, he got suspended for intentionally throwing a pitch at a batter when like, you know, every pitcher does that and you never see a five game suspension. So I don't know, maybe there's more to that, that, that we're not seeing, but 
But the Blue Jays, you know, like they've been losers. Their bullpen has been losers the last little while. They're starting to add to their bullpen. They just signed Canadian 38-year-old John Axford. I did see that. Who hasn't yeah. pitched in three years in the in the major leagues. But, um, you know, brighter days are ahead. Hopefully they can figure this out and, and get healthy here towards the end of June. Who is your loser of the week? My loser of the week um, is a basketball player. And in game five of this seven-game series that he was just in, um, he was a quote-unquote star player. Let's actually go back to game four. Game four, he had 11 points. What series are you talking about? Just, I want you to guess. I want you to oh, guess. Oh, it's a, it's a guess. Okay. It's a guessing game. So in game four, he had 11 points. In game five, he had eight points. Game six, he had six points. And in a game seven situation, when your season is on the line and you have... NBA championship aspirations. This player put up five points in a game seven. Who do you think I'm talking about? It's not James Harden, is it? No, it's no, not it's James not. Harden. James Harden was was injured, but this player was healthy, fully healthy. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. Oh my god! Eleven points, eight points, six points, five points. How do you? You're asking for a, a max extension contract. And you're you're putting up five points in a game seven. There were there were fans after they Philly got eliminated by Atlanta. Um, there were fans burning his jersey while he's still on the team. Like he hasn't left. He hasn't gone anywhere. He hasn't been traded. He didn't leave. He's still on the team. He's gonna be back next season. And they're burning his jersey, saying enough is enough. We need Ben Simmons out of here. Is that what they're saying? Yeah. That would be a tough break for Philly. Honestly, if Philly is forced, if their hand is forced to trade Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons is a first overall pick. Let's not yeah. forget, you know. Ben Simmons is a talented player. But then player. again, so is Dwight Howard. Yeah, th- Dwight that Howard, is true. But that, Dwight Philly. Howard also dominated for a long time when he was Orlando in Orlando, his heyday in L.A. with Kobe on Kobe Day. You know, we're, we're going to... On Kobe, Kobe episode, yeah. Yeah, Ben Simmons. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Philly. Like, I don't. I don't know. I don't. Let's know talk about it because they just lost to an Atlanta team that you know was expected to not win this series, but put up a fight. But you know, like they weren't not, expected to make it far in the playoffs. Like, no. You look at like the regular season; they were not expected to make it far, and now they're in the Eastern Conference Final. Like, like yeah, I don't know. Um, and then there's another Game 7, which we're going to get into, but specifically the Atlanta-Philly Game 7. Trey Young just... Not, and it wasn't just Trey Young. It was Herter as well. But, like, that series, like, Atlanta just surprised everyone by coming out on top. Mm-hmm. They shut down Ben Simmons. Who is it? I mean, does Trey Young have a hand in that with stopping Ben Simmons? At stopping Ben Simmons? I don't with think frustrating so. Ben Simmons? I don't think so. But this is playoff Ben Simmons. You remember that series against the Raptors a couple years ago? Ben Simmons wasn't even able to get through and like break through and show his star power. Ben Simmons is a bona fide like regular season star. Regular season star, yes, not a playoff. He's star. a bona fide regular season star. But what cements players' legacy is their playoff performance? It's their playoffs, yeah. You're you're right? going to look at how many NBA. Or, uh, NBA finals mvps they have like that's that's what you're looking at or like how often they show up in like a game seven and we have never we have yet to see ben simmons show up in a game seven 
Like that's just not. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's and and I mean Philly, the fan base in Philly is is you know they they take no prisoners, much like the fan base in Toronto. I feel like that the. the yeah, if you were to if you were to look at you know like the Raptors fan base as opposed to the Leafs fan base, the Raptors fan base is a little more forgiving than the Leafs fan base because the Raptors you know kind of just gave us a championship. But um, you know what's super interesting right now is with the draft. We're going to talk about the draft lottery last night, uh, the results from that. But with the fact that Masai now has a fourth overall pick, yeah. and just the fact that you know, the Raptors could still trade Kyle Lowry before the draft. Could you potentially... He's out of contract this, this summer, though, isn't he? He is, but yeah. he could still have a sign-and-trade, yes. right? Like, he could still get some assets here. Could you potentially see the Raptors swinging a deal for Ben Simmons? Oh, boy. I hadn't even thought about that. Um, and giving While up their, including the fourth pick? And giving up their fourth... The fourth, like pick. let's say a sign, sign Kyle Lowry, package that with the fourth pick for Ben Simmons. With what Ben Simmons is asking for, I would not want to go down that road. I would not. Um, I can see Masai working up something. I can see Masai coming out on top in that deal. Um, I don't see him giving up a fourth round. Or sorry, not fourth so round. So Ben overall. Simmons is actually still under. He just had his first year. He signed a five year. 177 million yeah, max yeah, contract. Yeah. So he has four years left on his contract. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if they could get Lowry to agree to a deal that makes the money match up, sending Lowry to Philly. I mean, like, that would be probably the only place Lowry would want to play, right? It's in Philly. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, he's, there's a high chance of him signing in Philly. Let's be real here. Yeah. He's from Philly. That's where, you know, his family is and he has family here, obviously like his, his kids are in school here, but like, but just imagine a lineup with, with Ben Simmons, Fred Van Vliet, OG all on the perimeter. Like that's a deadly combo right there. Yeah. Because, you know, like, Fred is a threat from, from the three-point line. Ben Simmons hasn't made a three-pointer I think he shot year. two. He's made two three-pointers in his in It's his not career. his game, though. No. You know? But, I mean, I think the Raptors can, even without the fourth pick, can probably swing a deal for Ben That's Simmons. That's what I'm saying. I think Masai can work out a deal for Ben Simmons and not even worry about moving the fourth pick. Yeah, we'll see what happens because Ben, like you bring up a good point. I don't think Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons might have played his last game in Philly. I mean that con- that massive contract makes it very difficult for them to move him. But with the way he played, I don't know. But it, yeah, with the way he played, it makes it very difficult for them to keep him with giving up that much money for him, and he's going to play like that. I mean, there are there are teams out there that are going to be interested in you know. And, and coming to Philly with a deal. So, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, feel, I feel bad for Embiid, honestly. As much, as, as much hate as he gets, as much hate as he gets, he's, I feel bad for Embiid because he had, like, an MVP caliber season this season. And then for his teammates to just not show up in, like, a Game 7, like, he's probably like, all right, get Ben Simmons off of this team. I feel bad for him. And I never thought I'd say that about Joel Embiid. But... Uh, he put we, up. I mean, he, he put everything into the season. Apparently, he played through you know a meniscus tear 
in this playoffs and but for him to still put up better numbers than he has most of the season yeah. in the playoffs i mean that says a lot about his character you know if he's playing through an injury like he says he is he deserves better he Let's 100% be real deserves here. better he deserves better and this and big men don't play until they're 35 36 they yeah. just don't not yeah. at the high level that Embiid's playing at right now so the window that Philly has is closing very soon so I would expect that management to make some major moves here. If it's not working, there's been a lot of speculation about turmoil or, or you know, chemistry between Embiid and Simmons. Maybe we might see them try and shake it up. We'll see. Yeah. I also feel bad for Doc Rivers, too. I don't. He... Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know the guy that um, that does all the impressions of, like, NBA stars? You know, he's, like, a, a YouTube guy. He's uh, yeah. on TikTok, too. He just <laughs> he did a video where he he's gives an impression of of Doc Rivers. No way. Yeah, and it's so good. We'll post it on our Instagram. But like, oh man, he's because you know how Doc Rivers has like that. Right? He's got like that raspy voice when he talks. Like, and so yeah. like he he does it to a T. And it's all about him, like in the dressing room. <laughs> he's talking to Ben Simmons, and he's like, Ben Simmons, who are you afraid of? Just tell me right now who you're afraid of. Oh, you got to play that clip. We got to yeah. find that clip. Somewhere. All right. Let me find it. Give me one second. I'll find it here. All right. Here it is. Look, I'm going to be honest. I think I picked the wrong career. And y'all can find me for saying this. But I don't think I like the game of basketball anymore. Because of the 2016 number one draft pick, Ben Simmons. What you did out there was nothing short of a miracle. I need you to stand up. And I'm going to ask you a question, Ben. Can I read off your stats? Now, to all the other players, please do not react when I'm reading Ben's stats off. Somebody bring me Ben's stats. Ben Simmons played 36 minutes and had five points. He shot four times. Don't do it. Don't react, y'all. And last game, he shot six times. And the game before that, he shot four times again. Ben, I have a question for you. Can you please answer this? Who on the Hawks is scaring you? Is it Trey Young? Is it Gallinari? Who is it, Ben? Are you scared of the ball? What is it? Because you went under the goal and Trey Young was right there and you passed the ball off. Dunk on that little, dunk on his little ass. What are you doing? You are 6'10", Ben. He like 5'11", at best. They stat patting him. Dunk on him. <laughs> Man. that Every single impression he does. I remember he used to do the LeBron impressions. And, like, LeBron actually retweeted him once and that just was, said, like, oh, my so God. That was so accurate. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Is it Gallinari? <laughs> Is it Gallinari? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but it's so true. Like... Ben Simmons is 6'10". He could have dunked on so many of those players. Like, What is he afraid of? <laughs> I don't know, man. That like, clip was so accurate, too. Yeah, he's that guy has a has a future. Like, every time like every time some, something crazy happens in the NBA, everyone looks to him to see, like, oh, what kind of impression is he going to do now? But uh, should we talk about the other Game 7 that happened? The Brooklyn Nets fell short in overtime, actually, to the Milwaukee Bucks. That was yeah. that last fourth quarter was insane. 
Yeah, but Milwaukee. Let's let's not forget Milwaukee is a good team. You know, Milwaukee coming into the season before uh, the Brooklyn Nets acquired James Harden, the Milwaukee Bucks were still unanimous favorites were favorites, to come out yes. of the East, yes. right? They so were, they bulked up in the off season. Yeah, the turning point of this series was injuries for the Brooklyn Nets, and and as always, injuries will always change the outcome of a series. You know, and watching James Harden go down with a hamstring injury hamstrings are tough because you can't come back from that you can't come you back can't, and you don't, James Harden shouldn't have come back from that no he, he played through it and kudos to him for trying to to give it his all out there but you know him playing at 50% obviously was not good enough Kevin Durant standing on his fucking head Literally. out there putting in 48 minutes every game like not sitting Literally. a single minute impressive for someone coming back from a severe achilles injury he sat out the entirety of last season yeah you know kudos to him but you know losing Kyrie irving the third member of that band was devastating you know and they've never been they've never been healthy like the three of them for a continued period of time like they it's always as soon as the three of them get together and they're all healthy at the same time one of them goes down and then that person will come back, and then another one will go down. And then it's just like, that's been the entirety of the Brooklyn Nets season. And yeah, Kevin Durant was the only healthy one in this series. And you could see how much they relied on him throughout the series and throughout this Game 7. And you saw it in that, in that final shot in overtime when he had the ball for the last possession, and he ended up airballing it because he was just so tired. And, like, I actually – I feel bad for him. I feel bad for Kevin Durant because the shot that forced the overtime was the two-pointer that was – that uh, he made, actually, like, in the dying seconds of the fourth quarter. But um, if you look at that shot, it was – everyone thought it was a three when it first happened. It ended up being a two because his foot was, like, a millimeter on the line. And I just think that, and this is probably going through Kevin Durant's head too, that if his foot was an inch back, a millimeter, however much it was back, if he made that shot and it was a three, they probably would have won the series because it wouldn't have gone to overtime and they would have held that lead into the last possession when Milwaukee didn't score. So that was like, it's a game of literal inches, the NBA playoffs. And... Yeah, no, you could see how tired he was in the in the overtime. I mean, like, either way, I mean, like, it went seven games, and it was a great series, but, you know, the, the tale of this playoffs this year, it's it's been a great playoffs. We've seen a lot of Game 7 so far, but injuries have derailed the NBA playoffs this year in what is shaping up to be a great playoffs overall. Um, I have a question for you is, like, what do you think happens in this Milwaukee Atlanta finals now in the East. Um, I think Milwaukee, it's, it's going to be a, a tough series for, for both teams, but I think Milwaukee is going to come out on top. I really do. Um, I think we're going to see, actually, before I give my opinion on the West, who do you think is going to come out on top in the West? Now that uh, Phoenix is up two games. Well, now they're up two games. We still don't know the health or the status of Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi, yeah. If there's no Kawhi Leonard, there's no chance for the Clippers. And I know I've said this, and it's bitten me in the ass before. The Clippers have come back in every series every series so far. Because I did say the Clippers are going to lose last series. I think everyone said that, though. But here we are saying the same thing. But being down 2 nothing, 
against the Phoenix Suns, who have looked dominant this postseason, making quick work of the Lakers, making quick work of basically everyone in their way. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, there's no doubt in my mind they're going to be facing off against the Milwaukee Bucks in mm-hmm. the final. Yeah. And it's a shame because, yeah, we talked about, like, injuries and how prominent they are in this playoffs and and lebron even came out and said you know criticize the nba criticize the schedule yeah criticize you know the lack of um you know even just load management because you know they they the nba came out with all these rules about how you can't rest um you know your big players in big games and what constitutes a big game or a big player is up for debate but yeah, no, LeBron is LeBron was not happy. LeBron had to sit out for a lot of the season because of an injury. And, you know, so did Anthony Davis. And so did, well, Drummond sat out for different reasons. But, you know, the Lakers didn't really get it going. And they fell in the standings. And that probably is the reason why he's upset in the first place. But, yeah, no, we're seeing it in this in this postseason. It's always, it's always interesting, you know, after a team gets eliminated, you find out how many of their players were actually battling through injuries and how many of those players, you know, have to now get surgery or. Yeah. But yeah. It's a shame because I would, I would really like to see Kawhi play in this, in this uh, conference. Yeah. Finals. Making competitive. Same with Chris Paul. You know, we would love to see him come back. I know he's still out because of, uh, he's out with, uh, uh COVID protocols. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, if we can see those two members of their respective teams come back, we're going to see a very competitive game and they might go seven games. Yeah. Did you, know? you see the uh the clip of the Suns celebrating with Chris Paul on FaceTime? They were like everyone was like jumping up and like mm-hmm. like jumping into the FaceTime and Chris Paul like was in in the other end like with a mask on and did I feel s- I feel bad for him. Did you see the end of that game where uh Let's talk about the end of that game. You want to talk about the the call the no call of goaltending for that dunk on the inbound play with 0.9 seconds left? where DeAndre Eaton just went up above the rim yeah. and slammed it down. Because it was a perfect alley-oop. Yeah, it but, was. But, you know, what the Clipter, Clippers players and, and coaches were claiming was it was goaltending because DeAndre Eaton, the ball was above the cylinder. It was above the rim, and they were claiming that it was goaltending. And sure enough, the I... rule book states that on a live play like that, like on an inbound play, you can you can touch the ball above the rim. It's That's not, the thing. Yeah, it didn't hit the rim. It didn't. It wasn't a shot off the inbound. That's not what it was. The ball technically doesn't come into play. Like the time doesn't start until the inbound player touches the ball. Exactly. So you know that's the stipulation there. That's the loophole there. But you know, kudos to Aiton or who is the in, who is the inbound? It was Jay Crowder that inbound. Crowder, right, 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 right. Yeah, no, and DeMarcus Cousins just standing there like a pylon in front of him, like with his arms up. Like, move around a little bit. You know your your game is, like, the game is on the line here. You know, like, the possible series is on the line here. Like, jump around a bit. Like, play some defense. Don't just stand there with your arms up. Yeah, Jake Crowder. And also, I don't know if you saw, but the end of the game, I don't know what it was. I don't know what it is about Booker, but... <laughs> DeMarcus Cousin, who has a history of getting in people's faces, getting teed up, getting ejected, decided to go ahead and shove Devin Booker at the end of the game. Yeah. So I don't know what it is. Booker just seems to get under everyone's skin. You know, he's but the he reason. But he doesn't let anyone get under his skin. That's the reason why I love Devin Booker. 
He's the reason that Jokic got ejected that game and his yeah. brothers wanted to kill him almost. Literally, yeah. Um, He'll stick up, stick up for his players, but like you see like uh, Patrick Beverly like trying to trash talk Devin Booker the entire like the past two games. Well, Paul George and Devin Booker, that was coming into the series, that was the talk, right? Because Paul George and Devin Booker had many run-ins this season. No, I was talking about Patrick Beverly. Yeah. Patrick Beverly. Well, there's add Booker. another player yeah, to yeah, the yeah. list. Booker just but seems yes. to be the guy who gets under everyone's skin in that sense. Because he's so like he's like a Trey Young. He's so he's been underrated his entire career. Like and don't hate me for bringing this up, but also Donovan Mitchell. Like Donovan Mitchell, like you remember that press conference where it wasn't a press conference, but it was a post game interview where Shaq was just like, um, I don't think you're as good as you think you're something like that. And he was talking to Donovan Mitchell and he's like, I, I said that because I wanted you to hear it. And Donovan Mitchell was like, okay, sure. Cause people have been doubting these players. Like I put, yeah, I put Donovan Mitchell in the same category as Devin Booker or Trey young, like players that have been underrated. Like literally you look at like high school or like uh, college video of Trey young and people are chanting overrated in the stands. Like, come on, really? Yeah, you didn't you tell me you've never seen that. I don't know if he's overrated, but he also put he also has a seventy point game to his name. That guy can like Booker can score at will. He's not. Yeah. We're not doubting his ability to score. I applaud Devin Booker this year because he took another step forward as being you know a number two. Because bringing in a guy like Chris Paul, you know, I'll give it to to the GM there, James Jones in Phoenix, because he has done a really good job putting this team together, bringing in a, a bona fide winner who has won everywhere he's been. Yep. Like Chris Paul, he turned around the OKC franchise when he was there. He turned around yes, the Houston franchise when he was there. He's never won a champion. He's never won, but he has, he's been a win. Like he's won in the sense that like, he's like, OKC was not supposed to be a good team last season. He could win this year. He could win this year. Okay. And that's who I'm pulling for, honestly. I want, I really want the Suns to win it this year. Chris Paul has played at an elite level this year. So, I mean, for Booker to you know take a back seat when he's been the guy every year as a Phoenix Sun, I think you know like that's more impressive this year. You saw his assist total dip because obviously he doesn't have the ball in his hand as much. But mm-hmm. you know we're gonna see him mature even more if they win a title this year. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, should we move on to the Raptors? Let's, Talk about their fourth overall selection. Let's move on up? to the draft lottery that happened last night, and some some happy, happy Toronto Raptors fans because we moved up uh, four spots. We were projected to get the seventh overall pick, yeah. and we ended up with the fourth overall pick. The fourth overall pick, and does this mean the tank was successful? I- to an extent. Tank was successful, yes, but the luck, the horseshoe that the Raptors franchise had up their asses <laughs> was even better. Yes, yes. Does this, now Now that the Raptors have the fourth overall pick, does this sway Masai to re-up with the Raptors? I don't think it's about Masai wanting to re-up. I think it's just a matter of both sides coming to an agreement. It'll, it'll get done. I'm not... Are you confident that it'll I'm get done? I'm not worried about that. I think at this point, you know, <laughs> with... The shape of the franchise and the you know like where we're at right now even if kyle lowry does leave and we don't swing a deal 
Yeah. The Raptors are poised right now with a top four pick to be in a very good spot here. They're going to be a very good team next year. Yeah, and just just so you guys know, Cade Cunningham from from Oklahoma State is going first overall to the Pistons. That's a guarantee. The expectation is center Evan Mobley from USC is going second to the Rockets. They need a big man. That's just a good fit. Third, again, it's anyone's guess who the Cavs are going to pick, but Jalen Green is probably a good idea there. If Jalen Green slips, it's between Jalen Green and Jalen Suggs. So Jalen Suggs used to play for Gonzaga last year. Mm-hmm. He's a guard. Mm-hmm. He's 19. He's, I mean, those four players, if the Raptors, they will end up with one with of those one four of players. Them, yeah. They're in a great spot here. Yeah. You know what I mean? To get one of those four players, because any one of those four players can go first overall. Yeah. You know, so it's a stacked lottery this year, and the Raptors just won the lottery, basically. Yeah. If they can end up, I I would really like to see them come up with uh, Jalen Green, who is a great two way player. He plays um, a two guard. He doesn't he doesn't really play point guard, but he is you know probably like a a, a better scoring OG Ananobi. I would say, you know, a good two way player. That's what the Raptors DNA is. But they they'd be good with Jalen Suggs as well. I'm I'm super excited for what the Raptors have in front of them right now, and you know. I'm super. I'm very confident in our head office. I'm I'm very confident in Bobby Webster and Masai and what they what they know. They know that what the team needs, and I'm very confident in that. Um, yeah, even like the prog- pro- progression of like a Malachi Flynn next season. Like I'm excited to see that as well. Like him no longer being like you know the person that has to come off the bench. Like I'm excited to see him like start some games next season. Yeah. Um, this was a season for the Raptors that nobody was bitter about. Everyone knew that the Raptors were not happy over there. No one was happy that the Raptors were over there. They literally were playing in Tampa where most of the fans in the stadium were cheering against them. Like it's, they were not happy about it. And you, you saw it in all the, like the post post season, uh, press conferences, all the players just wanted to come home, which, you know, warms my heart. And I'm very happy to hear that. And I'm, I'm very much hoping that the Raptors are going to be playing at Scotiabank Arena next season. Can you imagine the atmosphere for their first game back if we get full capacity by then? Which we should. I mean, I mean, like, realistically, maybe not full capacity. Not, not only will the, the stadium, not only with, will Scotiabank be completely, com- completely stacked to the rafters, but Jurassic Park will be full yeah. as well. The entire city, yeah. the entire city will be in party mode. Just like, just giving a big middle finger to COVID, you know? Yeah, seriously. If you think about it, like, you know, if the season starts probably back to where it usually starts around like an October start, we're, we're hoping that, you know, this pandemic will be in the past by then. And I mean, like knock on wood, we don't, we don't know what's going to happen, but like we're heading in that direction. So I'm hoping that the Raptors can have full capacity. And whoever we take fourth overall is going to get to experience that as well. It's going to be a good one. 8.5%. That's what the chance was for the Raptors to move into the top four. 8.5%. That's all they need. That's all they need. That's all they need. That's what they got. I think they, they deserved it after playing on the road the entire year. They won a championship with probably at the beginning of the season having an 8.5 chance of winning. So, I mean, like, that's all they need. Should we move on? Let's move on. 
Let's move on to some amazing news that uh, came out of the NFL, which uh, some some progressive news that came out of the NFL, which is something you don't hear often. Um, Carl Nassib of the Las Vegas Raiders came out. Um, he posted a video. Yeah, no, in this video, he just talks about the fact that he's gay mm-hmm. and the fact that he doesn't want that to change anything. He he lets everyone know that you know he's he loves his life, he loves his family, he loves his job. He's he feels very very privileged to be doing what he does. Um, he just wants there to be more representation, which I think is amazing. I think it's huge that, you know, if, if, you know, people growing up, if they, if they see representation and they, they see, you know, themselves in the players, they feel more confident into, you know, pursuing what it is they want to do. If they want to be a football player, if they want to be, you know, an, an actor, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is huge because, in a very, you know, like macho, like historically macho uh, league that, you know, that it might have come across as being soft or, um, you know, not tough enough, like for anyone or like giving an open platform for anyone to, to be who they want to be, to live the lives they want to live. This is a massive step forward for the yeah. NFL. You know what I mean? And just... The NFL is an American sport. Let's be real here. You know what I mean? It's it's not something that's worldwide. But just having a platform like this where Carl Nassib came out, spoke, did it very quickly, you know, didn't draw all the attention, you know, like it wasn't on the news, anything like that. He also made a donation, $100,000 to... amazing. He, he did this the right way, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He didn't want us to be like a big thing he just wanted to kind of come out he let's keep in mind he is the first active nfl player to do this michael sam did this a few years ago but he actually he never was in the nfl he 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 came out before he was drafted yeah michael sam never made it to the nfl yeah yeah he did it when he was coming out of college but he never made it past practices he never actually made it to an nfl like through an nfl game Carl Nassib is 28. He's played five years with three teams. He's entering his second season with the the Las Vegas Raiders. Mm-hmm. You know, he said this in a statement. He had a video out. He also mentioned that he thinks that representation, visibility, all these things are very important, especially no matter what sport you're playing. But I think, you know, like he is now the um, opening you're probably going to see more and more players come forward and, that's and talk about this. That's the hope here, right? Like the that's, hope is. Whenever, that's, that's the whole thing. Whenever a player comes out, the hope, you know, everyone kind of like crosses their fingers and hopes that like other players, because yeah. you can't sit here and tell me that there's no other NFL players that are gay. Yeah. Like, come on. That's just not realistic. That's not the truth. Like, and yeah. you're, you're crossing your fingers and hoping that like other players will feel confident enough and protected enough and comfortable enough to come out so Mm -hmm. uh here's hoping we see that here's hoping we see more visibility um and more representation um because i think that'll do wonders for the sport yeah i mean coming out let's not let's not uh forget that coming out is an intensely personal decision you know it can be incredibly scary it can be incredibly difficult for anyone to do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Let alone like someone who's on a grand uh, microscope, such as Carl Nassib, right? So, I mean, I think it's great that he's 
he's done this. He also said that, like I said, he was donating $100,000 to the Trevor Project. Yep. And for those who don't know what the Trevor Project is, it's a suicide prevention and crisis intervention organization for LGBTQ youth. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, he's probably been there and needed some support himself. So, you know, he's just trying to be the face of that. And I don't know if you heard, but his jersey sales are actually the number one. They skyrocketed to number one. On Fanatics right now. So Since he came out. That's massive. Which is great to see. Yeah, and for the, all of all of the sports fans that think, you know, oh, we don't need this. We don't need you to come out and, and say that you're gay or we don't need a Pride Month, whatever. We don't need mm-hmm. uh, Pride Nights. Just go look at the comment section on any of these posts and yeah. you'll, you'll understand why we need this, why we need this visibility. Uh, should we move on? Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a hell of a couple week, couple days here in the MLB. Yeah, and why is that, Neil? We're not used to talking about sticky substances on here, <laughs> on this podcast. About sticky substances, yeah. But today's the day, Today's Josh. the day. We are going to talk about some sticky substances. On the Kobe Bryant episode. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, uh, not that kind of sticky substance, but headlines being made in the MLB. Yeah, I know we all saw the video of, of Garrett Cole, you know, being caught, like a deer caught in headlights, saying... uh when he was asked, hey, do you use sticky substances to control to control the ball better and improve your spin? He's like, uh, well, uh, you know, uh, I don't really know how to answer that. Like, dude, <laughs> lying 101. You yeah. are very well, like you're you're obviously lying about it. Yeah. And like Barry Bonds did it for years. Like, just learn from the best. Like, he could on. be the face of change in the MLB. You know what I mean? He could address this. He could say, yes, I've been using this. I've been cheating. I get paid $300 million over the next several years. Yeah. I'm a cheater. He could just admit it and move on. You know, they're trying to crack down on these sticky substances right now. And last night in, in the Washington Phillies, Phillies game, Max Scherzer got checked three different times. In the game. Yeah. In the game. Uh, Phillies manager Joe Girardi asked the umpires to continuously check him because they thought something was going on. And they checked him over and over again to the point where it visibly annoyed Max Scherzer, who's 36. He's he literally, been here for a long he's time. He's been here for a long time. He just, at one point, he he threw off his belt and he's just like, listen, like, if you want me to take down my pants, I will. Yeah. Like, search me from head to toe. Trust me. So as of this week on Monday... These these checks are being done regularly. So you're going to see, I mean, the MLB has to figure this out. You know what I mean? They have to figure out a way to do this differently. They can't just check every player like this. It's taking away from the game. It's taking away from the experience, the fans going to watch games. They can crack down on this. They can bring as many questions about it as they like, but it doesn't answer the issue that has, has led to super high strikeout rates in many debates across the sport, you know, how do you think umpires should go about this? You know? Yeah. I mean, they're trying to crack down. Um, some, you know, onus has to be on the players. Um, you have to be able to trust that the players are following these rules. And when they get caught, you know, you have to then investigate, but to check, to check a player three times during the same game, just because they're having a good game is, is a little much. 
Yeah, so what they're doing, the way they're cracking down is pitchers will be inspected after innings or when they come out of games. If they're doing something suspicious during an at-bat, they can be checked between batters as well. So their hat, their glove, and belt will be looked at while the rest of the uniform is also in play if umpires deem it necessary. You know, so what happens if they're caught with a substance deemed to be against the rules? He's a, that player is immediately ejected to spend it for 10 days with, with pay. Of course. So the team pay. cannot replace him on the roster. Yeah. So again, uh, I don't know what's going to happen here. We've already seen frustration in the MLB. We've already seen a number of players, you know, like call out other players. This is just becoming a bigger and bigger mess. You know, like with with coaches, uh, with managers starting to get involved. You know, we saw Joe Girardi get ejected because he was, you know, irate. At it was it was hilarious when Max Scherzer was leaving the game, walking out, just not saying anything, not reacting anyway, just dead stare at Joe Girardi after calling him out. It was pretty funny. Joe, Joe Girardi was irate and got tossed, but we're gonna see more and more frustration come, and I think this. <laughs> You know, the sticky substance saga is only going to get worse before it gets better. The sticky substance saga. I think that's the that's the title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's 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 crazy that like there's been so many instances in the past of, you know, cheating in baseball. It's just like it's almost to the point where like people associate cheating with baseball and vice versa. And we've seen, you know, players Players have to, like, adapt to all these changing rules of what's illegal and what's not. Like, we've seen players, like, pitchers get ejected in the past for, you know, keeping a sticky substance just, like, on their on their shirt, on their jersey. And, like, being able to, like, you know, use it on their hands when they're pitching. like, And then them finding out that, oh, that's illegal. Like, and they have to change the rules now for, you know, that's illegal. Yeah, no, it, it's... it's It's crazy the fact that there's been so much cheating in baseball, like I said, and... We're gonna see now how many how many times players are actually getting investigated and who ends up getting ejected because you know there there is something found, you know, or players are just gonna get better at hiding it. Who knows? Yeah, it's just the the Washington Nationals GM Mike Rizzo. I'm just reading this now. He called Philadelphia Phillies manager Joe Girardi a con artist after that spat with Max Scherzer last night. You're just saying it's embarrassing for Girardi, it's embarrassing for the Phillies, it's embarrassing for baseball. That was Rizzo's comment. And, you know, this is just... It's Dems be- fighting words. I know, I see that, you know, and those two know each other pretty well as well, which is funny, you know. So I think after the game was over last night, Girardi actually went on record and said, you know, he saw Max Scherzer wipe his head like he was, like he was during the game. He's never seen him do that. Like it, like he's done that before. Uh-huh. So I don't know if Max Scherzer had like some intense like gel in his hair <laughs> or like what it is. Like, hey, I've been there. You know, you gotta fix <laughs> like your hair some, as the some sicky substances. But one yeah. thing I also know is that Max Scherzer is losing a lot of his hair. Like he is kind of <laughs> bald up there. You know, so that that's probably way to draw some emphasis to the head. You yeah, know? <laughs> seriously, that's the frustration coming in right there. Alrighty, now that we've come up with the title of the episode, I think that's a good place to end it. So thanks, folks. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Shoot Your Thoughts. Thanks, everyone. Have a good week. We'll see you again next week. Thank you for 
listening to another episode of the Shoot Your Thought Podcast. 